Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Friday, June 16th. It's hard to believe that next week will mark 10 years since the devastating flood of 2013 in the city of Calgary. We look back at how the flood impacted our city with Mayor Jyoti Gondek and discuss the flood mitigation work that's been done in the past decade to help prevent such a future disaster. After five years of preparation and thousands of hours of work by teams from around the world, the much-anticipated international consensus statement on concussion in sport has been released. We talk about the findings with Dr. Catherine Schneider of the Faculty of Kinesiology at the University of Calgary and co-lead author of this report. And finally, you've seen the Showcase store at the mall with those off-the-wall and trendy gift ideas. Now the folks at Showcase are all about summer. We catch up with Showcase trends expert Danny Boom for a breakdown on the hottest trends to look out for just in time for the hottest season of the year. Tomorrow happens to be Neighbor Day. It was created following the flood of 2013. Neighbor Day celebrates the ties that bind us and the strong sense of community that we possess here in Calgary. Joining us to discuss is Mayor Jyoti Gondek, as she does each and every Friday. Good morning to you, Madam Mayor. Good morning to you, Andy and Sue. Let's uh, let's turn back the clock. And yeah, it's kind of like jaw-dropping that it was 10 years ago. 10 years ago to 2013. What stands out to you from that flood incident that was you know, obviously etched in our minds forever moving ahead? I mean, it was a crisis um, of epic proportions. There was 80,000 Calgarians that were evacuated. So many communities impacted. We tragically had one loss of life. And there's so many things that people will remember. And there's a lot of trauma that people will relive. I would say on the positive side, we certainly learned from that experience. I'm incredibly thankful to the council long before mine that made a decision to implement an emergency operations center which is where the Calgary Emergency Management Agency deployed all of its resources and had every other disaster recovery agency working with them. I'm grateful to uh, the council that was led by Mayor Nenshi at the time for their quick work and their constant messaging that we would be all right. And I'm grateful to the things that we've done to improve the flood mitigation situation. We're 50% more flood resilient now than we were. And we will be 70% by the time the Spring Bank Reservoir is done. And the 30% that remains relies on getting some upstream mitigation on the Bow River. So we learned a lot and we've been taking a lot of action. Yeah, and, and on that note, in terms of the work, so much flood mitigation work has been done. And if anybody's down, been down uh, near Eau Claire, it's ongoing uh, around the Calgary Zoo. The work is incredible. What are some of the bigger projects that maybe people might not even be aware of? Or, or you know, if they haven't been down to the Eau Claire area, what, what's going on down there? What, what can a city do to try and stop water? Yeah, you know, there is um, a project that's going on right now that's going to be starting in Sunnyside to ensure that there is uh, mitigation efforts in terms of a strong flood wall or a berm. Um, that's already gone up, as you've indicated, along Eau Claire, along the river. Uh, we have done some work along uh, capacity and strengthening um, the banks of the river. Uh, the Spring Bank Reservoir is a very big deal because the upstream management uh, reduces the flow that comes into the city. So the thing that we're waiting on is making sure that the Bow River has the same thing. There's a little bit of capacity right now at the Ghost Dam, but we need much more. So there's all kinds of projects that are going on, and the communities have been amazing in banding together to support all of this work. All right, yeah, speaking of community, let's talk Neighbor Day taking place tomorrow throughout the city. Why is Neighbor Day important to you? 
Well, Neighbor Day was started as an effort to help Calgarians come together uh, the year after the flood and celebrate the sense of community that had been created. And it's gone on as a tradition since then. And I have to give full credit to Councillor Evan Spencer, who says, you know, we have Thanksgiving once a year, but this is another chance in the summer to gather with your neighbours and give thanks for the communities that we've built. And so tomorrow there's so many events going on in every ward in so many communities. So I would encourage people to, you know, check out your community association's website and find out what's happening and, and get engaged, get to know some people. Because if you ever are in a situation where you need a helping hand, your neighbours are a great resource to turn to. Absolutely. Uh, let's switch topics a little bit and talk about this one. Very controversial. There's been a lot of talk about it. What is going on with the residential parking permits? A question everyone's asking, why should property owners who already pay their property taxes be expected to pay more money just to park outside their own homes? And we're talking about in certain areas, of course, but it's something that's really, it's, it's got a lot of attention for people in the city and a, a lot of upset too. Yeah, so back in 2021, Council at the time made a decision to implement fees for uh, the first permit that people were typically getting at no cost. Uh, The second one was available at no cost as well. And this was in very specific areas where residents had come to the city and said, look, I live in a great neighbourhood, but because there are so, so many amenities around here, I'm finding that I can't park out in front of my home whether it's single detached or a multifamily, I just can't find on-street parking. So the city launched a program many years ago that created zones where you could only park if you had a permit. And we've all seen that when we've been out and about. The problem is the enforcement that's required and the administration that's required for that kind of program requires cost recovery. And we have a policy that says we shall recover costs if someone is enjoying a benefit that others don't have. So this dedicated parking for people in those zones is the reason that we implemented a cost for a permit. Now, if we just removed the zones and allowed everybody to have public parking on their streets, there would be no cost and there would be no program. So the thing about it is, if we're giving some Calgarians the ability to have dedicated on-street parking, the program has to be able to recover the cost. So that's really how all of this came to be. Could we see it more widespread? I was hearing, you know, with, with, with friends and through coffee shops, this is just the devil's advocate, uh, Madam Mayor. Oh, soon we'll be paying for to park in front of our homes in every single community of the city. In my opinion, no one should have to pay for public parking, which is what on-street parking is. We have zones in downtown areas where you have to pay for parking, but when it comes to neighborhoods, it's a public street and anyone should be able to park there. The rub is when people who live in those areas can't find a parking spot, that's why these special zones were created as an added benefit, dedicated parking for folks. And it's very much like if you live in a multifamily building, you sometimes have to pay for the spot that comes with that building. So really, there's two ways to look at this. Let's just take away the zones and make streets public parking for everyone. Or we need to recover the cost for having a dedicated program. Tough one for those who have to pay for those parking permits. But, uh, you know, should this go ahead, if this is what the way it's going to be, where does this money go? How will it be used? It will be used for the enforcement. So the, uh, the vehicles that come around to see if people actually have a permit to park in those areas and the administration of the program to actually issue the permits themselves. 
And people don't have to pay for a permit if they don't need it. So it is up to the person, it's up to the resident to decide whether they need this dedicated parking or not. One last uh, parking query uh, from the text line. This is from Morgan. How much is the fee for the parking? I would have to look up the details, but I think it's about $50 for the first pass. And I think it increases from there. I think it's $75 for the second one. You'll have to forgive me. I don't have that information up in front of me. In the meantime, that was a lot of information this morning, and as we appreciate your visits each and every Friday. Thank you so much, Madam Mayor. Happy Neighbor Day to you, and, and have a great weekend. Thank you. You too. That's Calgary Mayor Jyoti Gondek. A team from specialists around the globe has spent the last five years researching concussions in sport, and this week they released their findings. Joining us to discuss is Dr. Catherine Schneider, Faculty of Kinesiology at the University of Calgary and co-lead author of the Consensus Statement on Concussion in Sport. Good morning to you, Catherine. Good morning. Well, let's set the scene here. Uh, Some background on the five-year study into concussions in sport, the parameters that, that you set out five years ago, and the team that came together for this. Yeah, thanks so much. Yeah, I've been very fortunate to work with a large team and many of whom are from right here in Calgary at the University of Calgary. Um, And so we started out five years ago um, and because of COVID, it's taken us five years instead of three years to host our conference and then have the outputs. And um, we identified the meaningful questions around prevention, detection, and and treatment of concussion, and then went on to look across the world's literature. We we reviewed over 78,000 citations in our process and wrote 10 systematic reviews or summaries of the literature where we worked to capture all of the relevant literature. And as a result, we have recently published, as you mentioned, our international consensus statement on concussion and sport that essentially summarizes the state of the evidence um, of sport-related concussion. And uh, then the next step is to take some of these recommendations and adapt them to local environments um, and uh, then ultimately hopefully optimize the safety and the management of concussion in sport. Wow, that is a massive amount of information. No wonder it took you so long, but, uh, you know, throw a pandemic in there, you can see why it would add some time. But, Catherine, I'm curious if, you know, when you looked at other countries and, and concussion in sport, was there anything that kind of came up that looked different or or are, are people getting concussions due to very similar, is it is it poor equipment or, you know what, I'm, I, I just wonder if there's anything that you saw in different countries that sort of stood out. Yes, that's a great question. And one thing that actually we that stood out as we went through this process is that the vast majority of the research is actually coming from North America. So in the future and moving forward, we really need more research in other countries and other cultures from around the world. Um, in terms of uh, ways that we can prevent concussion, um, we do see different uh, strategies um, that can be used. Some are related to um, protective equipment. So the, our systematic review on prevention, we found that um, uh, when you combine this literature, mouth guards and wearing mouth guards in ice hockey can reduce the risk of sport-related concussion by 28%. Um, policy that 
This allows body checking across studies has consistently been shown to reduce the risk of concussion um, in adolescent ice hockey. Um, and then when we look at neuromuscular training, which is a combination of different types of exercises, there's um, evidence that shows 32 to 60% lower concussion rates in rugby, but we need more research in female rugby as well as in other sports from a neuromuscular training standpoint. But interestingly, there's also a lot of research that actually shows that neuromuscular training can prevent lower extremity injuries. Um, so it is a commonly used technique for training. Speaking with Catherine Schneider, University of Calgary Faculty of Kinesiology and co-lead author of the Consensus Statement on Concussion in Sport, we do know that no sport is immune to concussion occurrence. Uh, but are some sports or is one sport most prone to concussions? Yeah, we do see that uh, any kind of contact and collision sport has a higher risk of concussions. Um, but what we do know is that if individuals can get the proper care, um, so in the event of a suspected concussion, um, be removed from the at-risk situation. And then there's also research to show that by seeking follow-up care with a healthcare professional in the initial days following concussion might actually help facilitate recovery. So those individuals taking longer than seven days, um, they do take longer to recover. So really recognize and remove in the event a suspected concussion has happened and then follow up your, with your healthcare professional in that early time period following concussion. So that's the aftercare, obviously super mm -hmm. important and, and really, you know, it is crucial that we dig into that to find out exactly what needs to be done should a head injury occur. But, you know, it, did you find anything that you could use in order to teach and help prevent concussion in youth and or professional sport? Yeah, so um, I mentioned the personal protective equipment mm -hmm. such as mouth guards and helmets. Anything further? Um, and... There is some research to show that limiting contact practice in American football um, it can help reduce the risk. Um, and then the neuromuscular training policies and then really implementing optimal concussion management strategies. Um, so ensuring that sport has a process to help with recognizing when a concussion might have occurred and implementing those strategies to Catherine. reduce the risk of second concussions or recurrent concussions. Kind of curious too, sort of that, um, I guess what I'm getting at is, is there, is there any kind of equipment that's been found to help? I know there's been great advancements in football helmets, mm -hmm. for example. Is there anything that you've found that really kind of did the trick or, you know, is it just something that you simply cannot rule out completely happening in a sport? Yeah, so not at, with the current state of the literature at this point in time, based on these systematic reviews of the literature um, but certainly if we can reduce the number of concussions then ultimately we're going to decrease the overall public health burden um, by implementing these strategies that come from a variety of different angles actually in different ways. Professor you and your team have, have done your due diligence we, we've got this research we've got uh, real world examples uh, you know compiled here where do you hope it goes? Because I know that, for example, with the youth, we want to keep our youth happy. But as long as professional sports is a business, these athletes are going to be pushed to the limit. So, so tell us about the, the process ahead with what you've done and, and where it could end up, hopefully. Yeah, so I think 
what uh, one challenge with concussion is there's no one test and the injury doesn't always present the same in everyone for but actually it's quite a, what we call a heterogeneous injury or it differs between people so um, having more objective measures um, and we've actually developed a new tool called the sport concussion office assessment tool which is meant for healthcare professionals to use in an office setting and there have been um, quite a few advances around detection of concussion as well. So we've evolved our sport concussion assessment tool to the sport concussion assessment tool six or the SCAT six. And then we've also evolved our concussion recognition tool, which is meant for stakeholders of any kind to help recognizing when a concussion has occurred. So it's exciting to see the evolution of this literature to actually really help with the detection component of concussion. And we really hope that uh, individuals from around the globe will take the recommendations and adapt them to their local environment. Thanks so much for sharing your findings. Appreciate your time this morning, Catherine. Thanks so much. Thank you, Catherine Schneider, U Calgary Faculty of Kinesiology, co-lead author on the Consensus Statement on Concussion in Sport. From funky frog slides to an inflatable watermelon stool to sit on in the summer, Showcase will get you set up with all the right gear currently trending on social media. Joining us with all the details on this summer's must-haves and maybe some Father's Day ideas as well thrown in for good measure is Danny Boom, Showcase Trends expert. Hi, Danny. How are you? Hi, guys. How are you? Excellent. Love chatting with you. Thank you. Yeah, love to have you too. It's so so much fun because you always have such great ideas. I think that's the fun about showcase, right? It's not the common stuff you find anywhere else. Uh, no, this is this is unique. Always tell us about a couple of the top ten cool summer extras you've got going on. Well, so we've got it all going on right now. You mentioned it right at the beginning. There, we've got the frog, shark, cow, shandles. Now, shandles are the ultimate slides. Uh, that the kids have been wearing. Now we've got this brand new range out for the summer. They're perfect for indoor and outdoor. So if you're getting out of the house and you're walking about and you want to look a little bit unique, we've got the frog, the shark, and the cow shandles. They are these brilliant, compact, waffle-knit, plush animal slides. And the greatest thing about it is they keep your feet cool as well and dry. So they're indoor and outdoor. Um, I've got to say, though, when you're getting out of the pool and stuff though the next thing's going to happen is you're going to get a water bomb thrown at you right we've got the cyclone soakers now these are the best idea ever i've got to say because they are an environmentally safe water bomb okay so water balloon and mm-hmm. um, they are actual a see what you do is they open up with magnets and you fill and they snap shut and then you can throw each other so they're silicone just like a balloon but they actually seal with magnets and they explode on you on impact then you just go back refill it and start all over again it's good for your lawn good for the animals and everybody can keep playing as long as they want you don't have to spend a ton of money either yeah you know and to get splashed and get soaked that'll cool you down but if you if you want to remain cool but don't want to get soaked do you have an option for Oh, my God. That's such a good lead into that one, my, 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 my dude. Um, the Cool Chill Neck Slim Fan is another great one. Um, it is the ultimate, and literally, it's a fan that sits on your neck. So if you're in the garden, you would just maybe sunbathing, or if you're actually doing yard work, 
or even in the car with no AC, you can actually keep cool. And this keeps this beautiful breeze around you. They are the ultimate personal cooling device. It's the Cool Chill Neck Slim Fan. That's a great one to get right now. My hot flashes. Thank you. Let's talk about the Mr. Beast Nerf Pro Gel Fire. Come on. This is a great idea for Father's Day, too. Oh, I, I think every... I thought definitely on my list. Believe me, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to be going commando around this house, you know, uh, with all my samples. We um, <laughs> literally, with Mr. Beast Nerf Pro Gel Fire, these are um, little pellets. What you get, you soak them in water, you load up your gun, and then you have basically a water fight inside the house or outside the house, but with no another mess. That's the greatest thing about it. Um, it is the all-new um, fun, and it's Mr. Beast, so it's going to be totally on trend. Every dad, every kid that watches YouTube is going to want one of these to play and make videos with. All right, uh, switching gears. This is not your grandfather's ottoman. It is funky, and uh, you can bring it outside. Tell us about this. Yeah, we've, I mean, we've got a range of these. These are brilliant. They're inflation ottoman stools. So literally, you blow it up. You can take it absolutely anywhere you want. They come in with great ranges of different characters and shapes, and you can pump it up. You can have it as a footstool on by the pool or even as a table in the pool. Um, i got to say... <laughs> If you really need to relax and you need an extra chair, this is also perfect. There are just so many great ideas that you have available at Showcase, and we should say shop at showcase.com, the website, if you want to go find some of these things, order online or go in store. But nothing says summer like mosquitoes bugging you. I'm so glad you said that, Sue, because that was my next one I was going to tell you. This has got to be the must-have. If you're at the cottage, if you're going around camping in your RV, you're going to need something to be a lantern, a flashlight, and definitely a mosquito killer. So the Porter Zap, um, it's a three-in-one, as I said, it's three-in-one because it's a mosquito killer, a lantern, and a flashlight. Uh, flashlight, very powerful. And it's also very compact as well. So the great thing is it's not going to take up too much room if you're camping in your RV, or even if you just want to stow it somewhere in your cottage. Well, I want to go with something that is, is completely 100% just for fun, for foolishness. Mm -hmm. The Bazooka Gubble? Tell us about this. <laughs> I love the foolishness, Andy. Yeah. It's the foolishness, these crazy things these guys have at Showcase. Um, the Bazooka Gubble, this is the ultimate bubble gun, okay? It has um, up to 30 different um, areas which you place into, and it looks like a Gatling gun right at the end of the day but what you then do is you pop it into the bubbles and it comes out with these all these amazing bubble streams with led lights as well so it's even fun that you can have a bubble party in the dark absolutely awesome thousands of bubbles all within 30 seconds so many cool ideas that's why uh with showcase carrying all the latest social media trends and you mean, you know the what were those the bubble slides from from last time we the chandles that had the big bubbles on them that's right. They're Those awesome. Were, did you get some? I did, and they everybody else has them too because they're so fun. The hashtag showcase made me buy it. <laughs> Currently trending over 195 million views on TikTok and growing steadily. Uh, that's because you got all the cool stuff going on, whether it's Father's Day or just awesome, fun stuff for summer. Go to shop at showcase.com. Thanks for joining us, Danny. Have a great weekend. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Andy. Have a wonderful summer, everybody. You bet. You too. Danny Boom, showcase trends expert.